So, welcome to Pull Up a Chair at the Soul Cafe podcast. The Soul Cafe is where life is served up freshly brewed. So what does a retiring pastor, activist, father, grandfather, husband, and just general self-proclaimed semi-cool dude do but have a podcast, right? Why? Because I believe the stuff of the soul is open to all. The table is huge. Think that farm to table, that big table, you know, with the long table with lots and lots of chairs. And coming through a pandemic, I do believe more than ever that we are in this together. We need each other. We need a higher power. We need to feed our very souls with some revolutionary love. So pull up a chair at the Soul Cafe. And as I say every week and have been for years and years and years, now as pastor of North Church UCC in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, you are welcome here. No matter who you are, no matter where you are on life's journey. So please pull up a chair. So are you ready for some rude awakenings? On this first official episode of Pull Up a Chair at the Soul Cafe podcast, we are tickled pink to have with us Celia Woodsmith of Delamay, that bluegrass Americana band that defies all labels. So C is going to sing us into some rude awakenings. Delamay, here we go. Awakenings. Oh, man. And in that same awakening spirit, listen to a prayer by Philip Newell from Sacred Earth, Sacred Soul. Awake, O my soul, to the flow of the divine deep within you. Awake to it in every creature, in every woman, in every man. It is the river of resurrection, the promise of new beginnings. Awake, O oh my soul, to the flow of the divine within you. Awake, O oh my soul, awake. And by the way, thanks to Della May and Rounder Records and Concord Music for the permission to use Rude Awakenings and for the sake of my heart and my once-a-month podcast. And as I've already said, today we have the lead singer of Della May, Celia Woodsmith, with us, the one whom the Boston Globe described as unvarnished and intimate, but then sounds like she's about to part the Red Sea. 
So make sure you check out Sia out at www.siawoodsmith.com or delamay.com. So I'm going to be pulling up Sia here and placing a call to her right about now. And uh, we'll get Sia on here. Okay, we're calling old Celia Woodsmith right about now. Are you Hello? with us, Celia? All right, okay. <laughs> I am. I love technology. Okay, so Celia, uh, we've already introduced you pretty much. And uh, so let's just start out uh, something I've done for years, I guess, with people, you know, to try to make them feel comfortable or, or uncomfortable, either way you look at it. Um, so how about sharing with us your elevator speech? You know, the... You get on the elevator on the first floor with a captive audience in the elevator, and by the tenth floor, um, you would have shared what makes you you, what makes you tick, what gives you passion, Celia. Oh boy, I, I love this question. I was just thinking a little bit about it before you called, and I think the thing that makes me tick is just this: the search for weightlessness, kind of the search for this feeling of freedom and this feeling of, I guess, being nothing, if you will. When I'm on stage and when we're having a really good show and we have this synergy with the band and with the audience, all of a sudden, all of these other things just fall away. You know, I have a lot of anxiety about what's going on with the world today. I have a lot of anxiety about just basic human things, things going on in my personal day-to-day -day life. There's so much um, that can weigh you down in, in your day-to-day -day moments that I'm, I just feel so fortunate that I have this job that I can stand on stage and all of a sudden kind of slip into this stream of weightlessness and of mm -hmm. sort of beauty and connection with people. So that's, <laughs> that's why I do what I do is the search for that. Okay, so we reached the 10th floor there pretty quickly. Um, so... I've already pointed out to Celia ahead of time that she's going to be at the Soul Cafe uh, today. Uh, and the Soul Cafe is not necessarily a place or a space, but it's kind of a frame of mind. Uh, it's not a sofa in a psychiatrist's office. Uh, but the Soul Cafe is, of course, where life is served up freshly brewed. And uh, I am a super big fan of an old guy, singer, songwriter, Bruce Coburn. And early in Bruce's career, he had this great song, and he just kept asking over and over again in the song, could somebody, anybody, please tell me, what is the soul of a man? Now, Celia did not write Rude Awakenings, which we've already played some of, and she didn't write For the Sake of My Heart, but I'm still going to ask her, um, because I warned her. Uh, so w what does she think, the, the songs, Rude Awakenings and For the Sake of My Heart, how do they speak to the soul today? I mean, to, to the soul of America, to us ind as individuals, but how do they speak to us right now? Uh, man, I love this question. Um, I know that Courtney wrote Rude Awakening on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the story of this. We were going down... Uh, I want to say about seven years ago, we were traveling all around Brazil, and we were going down into Brazil, and the plane just started shaking, and it woke her up and spilled her drink, and, you know, it's this moment where I feel like we can get really complacent sometimes, you know, when you're at 30,000 feet, you're cruising along, you're drinking your coffee, maybe you're watching some episode of stupid TV, and you're just kind of chilling out there, but... It, you know, as much as none of us like turbulence, it can sort of shake you out of this, you know, kind of complacency, just mm -hmm. sort of sitting, sitting there doing nothing, just kind of not even acknowledging the pure amazingness uh, of, of being in a chair flying at 30,000 feet above the earth, you know, like we we have all of this incredible stuff around us all the time, and a lot of the times we fail to notice it. And so I think when Courtney wrote that, she was 
sort of thinking about how we were about to touch down in this new land and this new culture with uh, a different language around us, different food. And here she was just sort of snoozing away on this plane. And I think it's a great analogy for, uh, you know, kind of where we are maybe uh, as, as a country today. You know, we were just mm-hmm. cruising along. I mean, <laughs> you might argue we weren't really cruising along before the pandemic hit, but, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden this gigantic thing happened and, you know, we're, we're all forced to change, you know, our, our, our way of thinking about, about the world, about one another. Um, so I think that's sort of the, the, the basic idea behind rude awakening is, is kind of shaking yourself out of a splash across my face. I think it says at some point. Yeah. 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 So, um, so kind of in keeping with that, that, uh, you know, you're, you're on this plane and you're flying somewhere and, uh, see, uh, uh, go to our website, uh, com, and you'll find this Ted talk. Um, uh, I think it's from 2017 and it's entitled a soft drink and a song in the hills of Pakistan. Uh, speaking about flying somewhere far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've asked see to just, Give us a little shorter version. It's pretty short. You need to go watch it. It's like twelve minutes or something. And so you need to you need to go watch it uh, because it's just uh, it. I just uh, I don't think I've ever watched anything again after a while of watching it before and thinking, wow, okay, you're talking about today um, and what some of the things we need for today. Uh, so she's going to give us a shorter version of the. Uh, of the uh, TED Talk, um, A Soft Drink and a Song in the Hills of Pakistan. Yeah, well, thank you so much for watching that. I, I have to say, when I was asked to do this TEDx talk, um, TEDx Piscataqua River in Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into, really. really. I didn't realize I was going to have to completely memorize uh, <laughs> 20 minutes of speaking. And, and so, I don't know, you know, I think you probably get this, Frank, but like 20 minutes of just you speaking is a long time. <laughs> People tell me that all, all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, the shorter version of the story is that in 2012, my band, Delamay, was selected to go to six countries in Central Asia as part of um, a program called American Music Abroad, which is all about cultural diplomacy. This is something that's been going on since the 70s when Louis Armstrong played jazz, you know, by the pyramids in Egypt, and there was a lot of jazz taken behind the Iron Curtain. Um, So we sort of are the continuation of that style of project, and the first place that we touched down in 2012 was Islamabad, Pakistan. Um, and at that time, I think things were pretty hairy between the U.S. and Pakistan. Um, and it was, it was uh, I think a, a lot of people in our group, in our family group and friend group, told us not to go. Um, so it was a little bit nerve-wracking because, you know, we were like, no, we're going to go. We're going to be safe. Don't worry. And we touched down and we met some incredible, incredibly wonderful people who taught us these great songs and gave us all of this wonderful food. So we're having a wonderful time. And we ended up going on this long walk. And I don't think we were actually supposed to be doing this. Um, the State Department had told us, like, please don't, you know, go anywhere, especially alone. But we were with our interpreter and with our cultural attache at the time, and we were walking around this little village and um you know that we realized pretty quickly that no one was coming out of their little compounds um this little village that we were in in pakistan is a lot of these beautiful old stone houses with kind of an internal compound so you'd open up an external gate and there would be like a courtyard inside we could tell there were people around but no one was on, on the street and it kind of felt a little funny, a little weird, like this should be a bustling moment in this little town. And um, all of a sudden, this guy came out of his little compound, and he had a pitcher of water and um, a couple cups. 
And I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't know if we should be drinking this water, but this seems like a pretty good thing to accept from this man because here he is coming out of his compound, just extending sort of, you know, he made the first extension of this diplomatic hand to us. Um, so we accepted the water and we sit around talking with him. And then finally, this boy invites us. He said, my father wants you to come to our house. So we went to their little house and they sort of ceremonially pulled out these giant bottles of Mountain Dew <laughs> and um, they poured us Yahoo. some glasses. Yeah, exactly. And his daughter um, gets up and sings a little song for us. And she sings this song that we eventually end up learning how to sing ourselves. It's called La Payati by Alama Iqbal, who is the poet laureate of Pakistan. And um, we sing them a song of ours called All Fly Away. It's a very sort of traditional gospel song. And um, at the end of this, all of this wonderful hospitality, this beautiful moment, um, sitting there with this man and his daughter and his son, um, he said, I just want to tell you one thing. And he sort of stood up and he did it in this very reverent way. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what is he going to say to us? You know, and he goes, if you go back home, you know, please tell the people back where you are from that not all Muslims are bad people. Mm. You know, please, please go just ex express this to the people back in the United States. And it, that hit me like a ton of bricks. You know, here we are sitting there just playing with his kids in his home and sharing all of this beautiful music with this person and they still sort of felt the desire and the need to to ask us to to I don't know I guess continue their good name um wherever we might go and it felt so sad to me that he felt he had to say something like that because like I said you know at the beginning of this little story at this at this time in 2012 you know, relationships were not really great between the United States and Pakistan. Um, we had just assassinated Osama bin Laden on Pakistani territory, and there was a lot of drone strikes happening. Um, and, you know, the, the relationship... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um. I, even, even people in my own life um, and their thoughts about Muslim folks, it's it's very difficult, you know. So, I've taken that to heart ever since. Well, you 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 got still, you got to know you got to know a Muslim that day for for who they are and uh, what they're about. And uh, see, my my right. point my point of reference all these years later is is that all the Muslims I know are good people. <laughs> so you know, it's like it's. Uh, we uh, right. It's it's just right. it's just getting to know people, you know. I mean, and that's that's part of our, I think, our issue in the world today is just, is we just we have such a small point of reference sometimes, and we don't get to know people for, for who they are and what makes them tick and who they are and what what gives them passion and uh and and this story that's why I love it because it's just a, a reminder that. Uh, yeah, you went across the the world, so to speak, to to learn some lessons, and and but we we can learn them right here too, uh, right here. In absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's even right now. Um, we we tend to have these conversations and arguments and whatever you want to call it on the internet. There's none of that, like magic together being in one another's presence and you know sitting on someone's couch and yeah. eating their kids and you know it's so easy to hate people over the internet um, right but just there is there is a magic of being being in the presence of one another uh, i think there's more love and compassion and it just allows you to, to really feel something for someone who may be super different than you yeah so, so let's, let's lighten up for a moment. Uh, <laughs> let's breathe. And, um, and, and uh, I, every time I, I have three kids, and uh, they're all older now, and uh, uh, every time one of them would leave the house, uh, either my wife or I would always say, uh, whatever you do, make sure you have fun. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and so that's been kind of our one of our mantras in life. But because uh, we we take life way too seriously sometimes, and sometimes you just need to laugh. And uh, uh, so so what's something funny that's happened to you or Della May recently? Well, I was trying to think about this story. And first of all, Frank, I just want to say, you know, my dad said that to me every time he put me on the bus. We lived way out in the country. So so that's what's wrong with you. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Well, my dad's name was Frank, too. Oh, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) And so he would put me on the bus and said, you know, he would say, all right, whatever you do, have fun. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 you know. and I, you know, I so sincerely wish that he was still around to say that to me. But I just yeah. love that that you are saying that even now to to kids and to people. It's just, it's true. It's it's important to have fun. It's important to, I don't know, just shake shake it up a little bit in life. But you know, I was trying to think about something funny that happened to Della May recently. I I can't think of anything recently because we've not been together for right. so long. It's been a year and a half of not really uh, spending much time together. Um, but I was sort of looking at my shelf of things that I brought back from different places where we've been. And um, I was looking at this giant hat that I have from Turkmenistan. And I mean, you, you've got to imagine this. It's, it's literally the size of maybe like a 30 pound dog or something. I mean, this is a big hat. It's and it's all sheepskin. It's a big, big puffy hat. So when you put it on, it sticks out from your head maybe about a foot and a half. <laughs> and this is a traditional hat. And when we were in Turkmenistan, so it was the same trip that we were on when we went to Pakistan. Um we saw these hats at an outdoor market and we were like, oh we've got to have these hats. So we went and we bought them. And then we were that night we were supposed to have this big concert for some really high-ranking officials in the U.S. Embassy in Turkmenistan and also just in Turkmenistan. We had some really high-up people coming. Um, Turkmenistan, I don't know if you know much about it, is a very sort of insular country. There's still a lot of, um, not a lot of tourism going on there. Um, there's, a, there's a lot that I could say about Turkmenistan, but I'm going to try and keep it light. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're wearing a lot of very traditional dress. And um, we decided for the encore that we were all going to put these hats on and we were going to run out on stage and we're going to play the last song and it was going to be so funny and they were going to love it that we're wearing their traditional dress. And um, I think the whole time as we were playing, there was this one guy and I can't remember what position he was or where he was, but you know, people would sort of look to him to clap and, um, you know, it like, is this okay? Is this good? Are we happy here? You kind of looked at this guy and he would nicely clap. So encore comes and we run out on the stage wearing these hats. And I just remember that it was completely silent in this auditorium. And <laughs> what we had neglected to realize is that these are traditional male Males only hats. Uh-huh. Uh, women do not wear them, and yes. <laughs> we, you know, we thought that this was amazing. You know, that it was going to be really great. And I just remember running out on stage, about to play the song, and there's just you could hear a pin drop, and everyone sort of looks over to this guy, and he's quiet for like an uncomfortable long period of time, and we didn't know what was going on. We thought that it was just funny that everyone was quiet. But all of a sudden, he just starts laughing and clapping, and it just, like, broke the dam and the rest of the audience, and everyone started laughing and clapping. And (laughs) we were only told later that um, by our sort of cultural attache person that it was kind of a faux pas that had somehow miraculously gone over better than it it could have gone. (laughs) So so kind of speaking of funny, but uh, although it – uh, it really was not intended to be comedy, and, but but surely some laughs and tears. Uh, Celia, for like a year and a half during the pandemic, um, decided to stay connected with folks by hosting a Facebook Live gig every Sunday morning at 9.30 called Pretty Songs for a Sunday. Now, I must confess that I did not watch them because, you know, <laughs> I have this other gig on Sunday mornings, uh, a virtual worship service of sorts at uh, North Church, but... 
My wife, uh, she became a fan. Uh, she skipped church oh, no. you, you know with <laughs> i mean even with my unbelievable sermon she skipped church and she she <laughs> stayed at home and she listened to pretty songs for a sunday well i did listen in on the final one where there was champagne of course mm-hmm, and yeah. uh uh and and there was a lot of good conversation good songs and good laughter um also but so with Pretty Sundays in mind and a whole lot else, uh, kind of this question that's been kind of running, the thread's been running through all along in our conversation, and that's what have you learned or are you still learning during COVID-19? Uh, and, of course, in one hour or less, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I learned a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I learned a lot about myself in that I'm a lot – stronger I think than than I thought I was you know I've been touring for oh boy uh, maybe about 16 years now uh, maybe a little bit less like 14 years pretty consistently I've spent my last long while on the road and if you had told me you know before COVID that I would be staying home for close to year and a half two years right. I would tell you that you'd be looking at a pretty destitute woman. I, I would have had no idea how to to make a living. Um, I honestly, you know, so when the pandemic pandemic first hit, I kept thinking, oh, this will only last a couple weeks. It'll only be a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really did learn that I'm a lot more creative and self-sufficient than I gave myself credit for. Um, starting Pretty Songs for a Sunday happened sort of arbitrarily just one one day. I love Sundays. I love gospel music. I love taking time to reflect and to, to, to pause. Sunday feels like a good day to do that. So I decided um, that I would just sing five songs every Sunday, and whoever wanted to listen could listen. Um, and I just started picking beautiful, meaningful songs. And one of the reasons I like that is I'm sort of known for being a a powerhouse vocalist Um, Mm -hmm. and I just decided to keep it real simple real chill um, and just choose beautiful beautiful songs not that powerhouse songs can't can't be beautiful but I was just going to sing in a different way so every week as I was sort of languishing away at home the first three months were the hardest I think I just felt real sad and angry and depressed about not being able to go back out on the road but it kept me going to have I had to learn five new songs every Sunday because I didn't want to repeat any songs so I'd spend my week sort of listening to beautiful songs and lyrics and thinking about what would make people happy and uh, I imagine it might be how you might make a sermon. You know, you spend the week really thinking about stuff and thinking about what right what might resonate in that moment. Yeah, we did. We did. Uh, my wife and I started this thing called Toasts and Thursdays and Other Thoughts. That was uh, it. Was our attempt at uh, trying to bring some humor and right, bring, right. bring some. Um, I mean, we had a session where we talked about sidewalk et- etiquette. You know, and just how uh, you know the you. Uh, uh, when, during the pandemic, people started walking again, you know, on the sidewalks. Yeah. And yep. so there w- there had to be some etiquette. And so we had a whole session on about sidewalk etiquette in a pandemic. And uh, <laughs> it was, it was, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of thing of just trying to figure a way to connect with people, gosh, during the yep. pandemic. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I have to say, you know, I, I, Pretty Songs for a Sunday grew into something that, um, I faithfully did every every Sunday. I only missed a couple, and um, I, you know, now that I'm kind of back out on the road again, I've everywhere I've gone so far, people have come up to me and and said, you know, pretty songs for Sunday, you know, really made a difference in my life. And during the pandemic, made me feel less lonely, um, gave me hope. Um, so, yeah, looking back on that, it's sort of like. I don't know, it's overwhelming and sort of uh, I feel so grateful that I could make an impact with, with people who felt lonely at the time yeah. um, because I felt the same way, you know, right, like, right. I was, you know, it's, it's, there's a great quote. I can't remember 
who said it, but it's something like, you know, I was reaching out to save myself. Um, you know, just this, I just, I needed to, to save myself. And so I reached out to other people and in that act sort of helped save them. Right. Um, and I'm not purporting to be any kind of savior here, but music surely does, um, heal in a lot yep. of ways. So, uh, Earlier, I established that the Soul Cafe is basically this table that's huge. And and in 2020, Della May released an album with a title song by the same name, Headlights. And they recently uh, released or releasing a new album entitled Family Reunion uh, with a song entitled um, The Way It Was Before. Uh, is that, It's Family Reunion, right? Yes, you yeah, got okay. it right. Yeah, and, and so... Um, and the songs are about, you know, kind of how we need to wake up to change. And, of course, that reminded me of Willie Nelson uh, in his book, uh, The Facts of Life and Other Dirty mm. Jokes. Mm -hmm. says this, uh, he says, Every song is a gospel song. All music is sacred. Every note of music in the universe is spiritual and sacred. And that's the gospel truth. Amen. Mm -hmm. So Amen. along comes some pandemic music. Uh, uh, Celia and Mark uh, Arelli wrote this song, The Way It Was Before, uh, music that calls us to action, to not forget what we've learned, to not become complacent, uh, and just have this wish to go back to the old days. And mm -hmm. uh, and then another, I'm a big fan of Valerie Kerr, uh, and her book, See No Stranger, a memoir and manifesto of revolutionary love. She says at the beginning of the book, something that I think maybe we all need right about now. Um, she says, this book is for anyone who feels breathless. Maybe moving through this world in your body is enough to make you feel constriction in your chest. Maybe you're holding someone close to you who is struggling and suffering. Maybe you're reeling from the latest mass shooting or the refugee crisis at the border or the looming threat of climate change or the blistering pace of a global pandemic. Maybe like me, you are breathless from all of the above. I thought my breathless, breathlessness was a sign of my weakness until a wise friend told me what I wish to tell you. Your breathlessness is a sign of your bravery. It means you are awake to what's happening right now. The world is in transition. So, with that in mind, see you in uh, headlights and the way it was before. Um, uh, just talk about that a little bit about how you know where those songs came from and deep. Uh, and uh, I know I know one of them you were in on writing. Uh, I'm not sure about the other one, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, and so um, what's what, what's your thinking on all that? Yeah, yeah, wow. So there is so much thinking. <laughs> yes, I think a lot. I think a lot. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start with Headlights. Um, that album we released in 2020, in January 2020. About We had about two months of touring before everything kind of went downhill, um, which was pretty sad for me because I really felt that this was kind of us coming into our own, this album. Um, and I and I, I've, I've got to interject, and I'm not just doing this because I have you on yeah. the air, but I've got to interject that uh, I, the the, de the self-titled Della May Della May album, um, you know, with Boston Town and Rude Awakenings, mm -hmm. and she, we we still listen to that all the time. But um, but headlights, uh, you know. So when I read that y'all just felt this was when you came into your own and all this stuff, I thought. Gosh, you, you can hear it. You can hear it. I mean, because it's it's like I mean, it's it's just I mean, it's such a variety of musical styles on that album, and it's just it's good stuff. But go ahead. Sorry. Oh well, thank you. I really appreciate that. It's nice to know that you can hear it. But yeah, I wrote um you know right after uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford uh, testified in front of Congress. I think it took me about a week uh, just sort of marinating on that, the feeling of that testimony yeah. um, to write this song. And I remember exactly where I wrote it, wrote it on my kitchen island. It came out very quickly. Um, just one thing I will say about songwriting is that uh, there, there's part of me that kind of believes that 
you know, you, you're, you're just given a song every once in a while. And I did hear Courtney say that about for the sake of my heart. It uh. feels very similar. How she talks about it is that um, sometimes the energy is right and the universe just sort of gives you something and it's in peace and it's whole and it's like a little gift, you know, because there are some songs you really do have to chip away on and work on and work on and back into the there are. Yeah, I have a sermon like that, that on a rare occasion. But anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, but so head, headlight um, was like that. And I kind of chose to write about Dr. Christine Blasey Ford uh, uh, and Anita Hill, uh, just sort of kind of putting them together as having a similar experience. Um, tagline is they might not believe you, but I do. And, mm. you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to work out um, how I introduce these songs because, oh, gosh, it is, it is so difficult to figure out how to invite someone in. Right. Um, and how to invite them in in the way of being like, hey, I just want to tell you a story. Um, I don't want to push you away before you hear it. I don't want to shut you down before you hear it. Because just like you can sit down in some, someone's house, many thousands of miles away from here in a completely different culture, using an interpreter to, to speak, you know, like, you know, that experience would never happen unless you choose to make those steps to go in, in the house and to sit down and to start having that conversation so but it does require listening yeah yes it does it does require listening so i um it kind of goes this way for both of these songs the way it was before and headlight is they're just stories um and you know headlight kind of focuses on uh women and men uh who experience uh, sexual abuse, sexual violence, um, one out of every three women and one out of every six men. I believe that's the latest stats from rain.org um, experience some sort of sexual abuse in their lifetime. So I just really want to convey to those people um, who come out, who come out with it um, that, that we we do believe them, we we can stand with them, and that we can hold them up and help them heal. Right. And as a society, we're we're not gonna be able to heal, and we're not gonna be able to move forward unless we confront this darkness about you know about being human. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to be a human, and and we end up hurting one another a lot. So I think it's so important just to. Um, to stand with one another, to believe one another, to listen to one another. So that's what that song is about. Um, yeah, in, in fact, when, when, when I first listened to it, uh, the, the way it was before, um, I, when I first listened to it, I was, because I always get caught up in the story immediately. And so I was mm-hmm. so listening to the story that, I immediately thought the first part of it was was you saying some things about you, and and mm-hmm. so it was. Uh, I was getting so caught up, and then I realized this is a this is a not just her story. This is this is right. a bigger story, you know, and that yeah. uh, that is the story that we're all facing and that we're all right. a part of, and that yeah, um, yep. yeah, certainly with the way it was before. So with with headlight, I chose to tell the story of. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford and Anita Hill and the way it was before Mark and I decided we actually wrote it over Zoom hmm. in three sessions and we did a lot of just talking kind of like you and I are talking now about right. what we've been going through um, stories that we hear on you know on the news I listen to the news every day and um, we chose three people and um I can I, it, actually I don't think I've ever, ever even told any anyone uh, sort of in any sort of press situation about who these people are yet, but <laughs> you can be the first. All right. right. <laughs> but the first uh, person in the first verse is her name is Achut Deng, um, and she uh, is a refugee. I'm actually not sure from which country she came. It's in this episode of the Daily from the New York Times, and she was working at. Um, 
a, uh, a factory, um, a slaughterhouse, and it was just a really incredible, incredibly powerful story about the first parts of the pandemic and when we were having a lot of outbreaks in packing plants. Right. And, you know, just, just thinking about these people who are essential workers, um, you know, we deem them essential, so they have to go to work and then they get sick, you know. Right. So uh, that was her story. The second verse is a man named Kevin Mahoney, uh, who was unfortunately a victim of the gun violence at the supermarket in Boulder, Colorado, this last spring. Mm-hmm. Um, that is his story. Uh, I chose to sing that from the perspective of his daughter, um, who he walked down the aisle summer and um and she is actually i think she's probably given birth already but in some of the stories they were saying that she's uh was pregnant with a daughter so i chose to include that mark and i were sort of talking about gun violence and you know with with any one victim there's it just spreads out to so many other people you know that one person leaves such a hole in the lives of so many other people. So, you know, when you say seven victims of something like that, you know, it's just exponentially uh, more sad and more devastating for all of the the other people in their lives. And the third person who we included to talk about was George Floyd. And um, so, yeah, I mean, these are all stories of people during the time of the pandemic. And you know, I, I just hope that people can just listen to the words before they make make decisions. I mean, gun violence can happen to anyone from any walk of life, right. you know. And, you know, we all need to work to survive, and there are essential workers from also from any walk of life. And I think we're, we're all much more similar than we think we are Um I don't know how to make that bridge. I don't know how to make that connection other than just offering stories and asking that people listen. Um, So, well, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, of course I've had a little experience with this where you, uh, Uh where you uh, lay some things out, you know, and because you're, you're, you're convicted, so to speak, to do those things. You're, you're convicted to, to, to address certain things uh, that are happening in society. And uh, uh, there's probably not many things that I haven't addressed. And yeah. uh, so, and, and sometimes you do pay the price for that. You, I mean, you, yeah. you, and when you're trying to be honest, when you're trying to tell the story, everybody's story, not just your own story oh. or not just, you know, and that's what I love about that song is you're trying to tell all these different stories of different people. And so, and, and how, you know, how you feel the pandemic has kind of made us intersect with those stories. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and I think if, if, you know, if that doesn't happen uh, in our lessons from COVID, um, if, that, if we don't learn these other people's stories and that they're, that they're real people and that they're struggling just like we are and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, and that – uh, that that maybe sometimes we need to lay aside the the hatchet so to speak uh-huh, and, and uh-huh. just just be with people uh, yeah and uh, support them where they are uh, you know so it's yeah but I you know I, I admit when I first heard the song uh, that particular song and and headlights I thought mm-hmm. oh boy uh, you know um, uh, Della May's life might change a little bit mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know I mean it, it's it's uh, uh, it kind of goes back to the, the the old Dixie Chicks, you know, when they yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, you know, and um, but you know, I think it's it's uh, you're just trying to be honest w- within this change of the of the of our world and right, right. And you know, we've played it live a bunch of times, and it has. Uh, it has provoked quite a reaction, and I would say a good reaction from the audience. Right. Again, I'm not, I'm not offering necessarily a solution here. Right. I feel right. like that's not my job as as an artist. It's as an artist, it's just to point out that, you know, it's first of all, it's to tell stories. That's what I do as a songwriter. 
Um, and well, you're painting a picture when you tell a story. You know? You're, you're yeah, painting yeah. that picture for us to look at. Yeah. Exactly. To, to tell a story in a way that's emotionally compelling that might just make you feel a little bit of compassion for right. for someone else. So, you know, that's it, it's it's definitely difficult to step out there um, and make a point like the one that I think we're making. But you know what? Like, I, I am willing to put my put my neck on the line for this. And, you know, with the example of the Dixie Chicks, I mean, they're a multi Grammy award winning band that's still making millions of dollars and playing all over the world so if we're gonna be like them that sounds good to me <laughs> if that could only happen to us yeah <laughs> yeah uh so um uh i i i, I think maybe uh, we've chatted for a good while and uh maybe i'm gonna I'm a hold off uh, on chocolate jesus to our maybe our next conversation mm-hmm. in the future sometime uh, uh another you know, you you need to check out, uh, as I said, see a website, seawoodsmith.com, and you can, I think, get her album through there. It's entitled Say Darling, right? Yeah, I have um, I have one album uh, that's just my own solo album called Cast Iron Shoes. Yeah. And then I have uh, a couple albums with my rock and roll band yeah. called Say Darling. And then uh, there's a, a couple more albums with uh, Della May. So there's right. a, quite a... An array of music out there, and of course that say I mean the Chocolate Jesus is an old Tom Waits, uh, folk, mm-hmm. the old folk singer, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and jeez, uh, it's 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 just it's a rich song in many ways, uh, but uh, that that we could go off on that one forever, so I I, I won't go there today. But uh, <laughs> um, is there anything else that you want to share? I mean, this might be the last time you're at the soul cafe but then again the soul cafe is everywhere so uh, uh is there any anything else you want to share for the good of the audience oh the good of the audience well you know i just want to give a, a big shout out to uh, you're breaking up there let me um this is a, an incredibly difficult oh 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 can you hear me yeah can you hear me i can hear you oh, go okay, for I'm it back i don't know something must have just yeah. Blown through the air. Um, I just to to encourage people to support the arts in any way that they can uh, at this time, and that really does involve, you know, purchasing albums from artists. Um, you know, checking out the live streams if you have time or interest. Going to a show safely, um, and if you do want to talk to an artist, uh, please wear a mask. Um, there's a lot of you know, I've just been on tour, and it's so hard to control your environment and your surroundings, and it's so appreciated when people really uh, take the time to, to care for you and be considerate for you. Um, and, you know, like I said, I wouldn't have made it through this pandemic without the support of many patrons of the arts, and we want to see the arts survive through this. It's it's our job as a community to, to make sure that we, you know, purchase things from them and then we go to their shows. And, you know, it's kind yeah. of a, it feels a little bit desperate to say that at times, but honestly, I'm not sure how I would have made it through the last year without, um, you know, people who watched Pretty Songs for a Sunday and people who bought albums. And, right. You know, it's, it's a lot of that going on. So the arts still does need help and it needs you know, you to be uh, caring and compassionate to the people who are still providing it. Right. So thanks a bunch. See, I'm, 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 I truly am uh, full of gratitude for you taking the risk to join me for this first episode. <laughs> I pulled up a chair at the Soul Cafe. And, um, you know, thanks for the light that you're shining out there. And thanks for Della May's mission through music. And uh, I would just say keep on keeping on. Um, I will. <laughs> and as the kid in Polar Express said, well, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Frank. Okay, take care. Bye. So, we're back. Uh, that was oh, that was just so, so rich. Uh, time with Celia Woodsmith of uh, Delamay. Um, and I'm just thankful to you for pulling up a chair today at the Soul Cafe 
Make sure you follow or subscribe us uh, to the Soul Cafe Podcast, soulcafepodcast.com. Watch for news on us on Facebook and Instagram. And next month, uh, well, you know, when you hear this, it'll be next month uh, in October. Uh, I will have a very special guest, singer, songwriter, activist, Carrie Newcomer. And in November, I'm stoked about uh, having the founder and leader of Dean's Beans, organic and fair trade coffee for change and the maker of the unbelievable Soul Cafe blend. So, until next time, I leave you with Della Mays, For the Sake of My Heart. So whatever you do, get outside, breathe, laugh, cry, be still, and in your stillness, you will know something bigger than yourself. And as the song says, there is healing in the sun, when she rises, and forgiveness when she settles back down in the hills. There is strength in the love of living and in knowing how to be still. So peace to you all. For the sake of my heart, I am going To wander the mountains where I was born For the sake of finding my way again I must be in this place alone Where there's healing in the sun when she rises and forgiveness when she settles back down in the hills there's strength in the love of living and in knowing how to be still have you ever stood at the mountains as they change from So